everyone. Welcome back to the CTYA podcast. We are so glad that you joined us here today. Sit back, relax, get out your favorite pencil, your favorite notebook. May you be blessed in the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's kick this wisdom series off. How about it? Yeah. All right. So as they uh, as they come on up here to get the table set up and everything, I'm just going to hang out right here. <laughs> um, so you guys can go ahead and be seated. Thank you guys for standing. All right. So I'm going to need a little help. Hey, Devin. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'm going to need a little help um, to uh, define wisdom. So any people want to shout out something that they think that they know what wisdom is all about? Anybody? Ken? Knowledge. Knowledge. All right. Anybody else? Yes. Experience. Yes. Ah, all right. All good answers. So, knowledge, experience. I think my battery. Nope. Experience plus knowledge put into action. So, very good, guys. So, for instance, has anybody ever heard of like the lawnmower uh, explanation of wisdom and knowledge? So, look, okay, I was going to have a ukulele up here and kind of use that as an example, and I forgot it. So, I'm just going to have to go with the lawnmower deal. Yeah, I know there's a guitar up here. <laughs> so, uh, I guess I can do that. Brother Cole, do you mind if I use that? Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm going to try not to. Okay, so we have a guitar. Right? It's a pretty nice guitar. <laughs> so we know that these are strings. We know this is the neck. We know that this is the bridge. That's the strap. So we know what that is, but... The thing about it is, you know, can we play it? And that's where the wisdom comes in, right? We know what these things are, but can we play it? Do we have the wisdom to play it? Which is knowledge and experience put into action, right? So, all right. So Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. My son, if you will receive my words and lay up, uh, my commandments with you so that you incline to ear unto wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Ye if, yea, if you uh, cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as treasures, then shall you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God for the Lord gives Wisdom. Everybody say, the Lord gives wisdom. Lord gives wisdom. And out of his mouth comes knowledge 
and understanding. It's not just about making smart decisions, right? It's not just about making smart decisions, but rather godly decisions. To pursue after godly wisdom and to apply it to our lives, right? So how do we do this? We can pursue wisdom through our elders, right? The Bible says this. Why? Because they have lived life. They have sought after godly wisdom. They have been where we are and we are headed, right? So uh, Job 12, 12 through 13. With the ancient is wisdom and in length of days understanding. With him is wisdom and strength. He hath counsel and understanding. The people that have lived, right? The, the people that have lived and served God longer than you probably know more than you do. Right? That's how it works. <laughs> they know more than we do. Uh, they've served God longer than we have. Right? They've pursued... Um, They've pursued after godly wisdom more than we have. They know where to look for it. They know who to go to. They've sought after counsel, right? So, and what's interesting is I was reading in, uh, if my wife wants to come on up here real quick, I was reading in uh, 1 Kings 12 and 6 that even Solomon, even Solomon and his son was seeking after wisdom, which kind of struck me because what was Solomon? I mean, he asked God for wisdom. He was like one of the, the, the guys on earth that had more wisdom than anybody else did. I feel like, Brother Kilman, am I wrong? So that was pretty interesting. So I'm going to hand this off to my wife. All right, so we're really excited. Obviously, the wisdom series, right? We've used that word a lot. And I just want to introduce Brother and Sister Scott. If you haven't met them yet, they are newish to Calvary. And um, I just wanted to say how much I appreciate them. So I met them when I was 21 years old and I was starting medical school and I moved up to Maryville where they were assisting there in the church. And I was away from home for the first time. I was starting grad school and I was about to have one of the most difficult experiences of my life. And they, uh, my sister passed away that first semester and, um, this couple loved me without needing to or anything in return. So I'm really thankful for that. And we're glad for you to be here tonight. So thank you. So we're going to jump right into our questions. All right. So I know it's hard to talk about yourself, but because everybody doesn't know a whole lot about you, if you can just give us a little, I know, I realized I don't know a whole lot about you before that time that I met you. So, do you understand this one? Yes. Sorry. I guess I'm first. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just want to thank brother and sister. Last name, I don't know. Hussy, hussy, whoa. <laughs> That's my wife. 
<laughs> okay, brother Aaron. <laughs> I'm sticking him up. You get the laugh out of her. So, Sister Camera, thank you so much for this opportunity. I don't know. Uh, my life wasn't too exciting until I got in church. Uh, so, bear with me. I was born in Decatur, Illinois. Do you all know where that's at? Hmm? Huh? Staley's, <laughs> right. Okay, that's a factory there, kids. And I was raised in northwestern Indiana and went to the Calumet Township Schools. My family, I grew up as a Methodist in Salvation Army. So that's my religious background. All I ever knew till after I was married. And then it all turned around. I worked as a cashier. I worked in cash offices, did retail jobs, retired from the Maryville school system. That was my life. Your turn. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, I am Randy Scott, and I just want to say thank you for having me tonight. Thank all you young people for uh, letting us speak to you. Uh, I'm a retired boilermaker by trade, worked 37 years in a field. The Lord called me into the ministry a little bit later in life. I was 36 years old. And I was born and raised in Northwest Indiana and lived there until June of this year. Now we are residents of Greenwood and members of Calvary Tabernacle. And I thank God for Calvary Tabernacle. I, I do thank the Lord. We feel good here. We feel real good here. We have one daughter and two grandchildren. Uh, both our grandchildren attend uh, CCS uh, on a daily basis. And I thank God for a, a Christian school, an apostolic Christian school. Uh, and it touches me. Uh, it's a long story with our grandchildren. I don't have time to get into it. But uh, the other day, our oldest one, Bella, come home and said, what a chapel service they had. A 12-year-old feeling the Holy Ghost in school. Thank God for that. Feeling the Holy Ghost. Thank God for that. Uh, I do have one addiction. and I, uh, The Bible talks about, I guess we have to share our faults. I'm addicted to peanut butter. I am addicted to peanut butter. I have to have peanut butter every day except fast days. Skippy crunchy. And sometimes, all right. And sometimes, <laughs> Lord, forgive me. I even have to have it before my morning devotions. <laughs> so I go to the Lord with peanut butter on my breath. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's where I am. Oh, Mike, Mike. Sorry, that's okay. okay. Thanks. We, we tried to go with another mic. I guess it didn't really work out. But it's okay. Um, <clears throat> what were you doing in life at 20, 25, and 30? Or, or just whichever one you, whichever one you want to pick. I guess I'm first again. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll start at age 19. That's when I married this guy. I mean, dated. Dated. We didn't get married then. <laughs> <laughs> we dated in our 20s. We went to the same high school together, and I really didn't even know him. 
we're kind of both in different uh, groups, I guess you would call it that. And he was more the rah rah. I oh, don't no. know if that word <laughs> means anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I was more in the wild group, so we were here. So that that's, and we heard, I mean, I heard of him and uh, didn't really know him, but we met through family members. Um, I will go into that one. Uh, my cousin, he liked, and she didn't like him. And so <laughs> Sorry, she liked his cousin. So it all turned out I got introduced to him through that and it was it was fun. And we we did date a couple years and got married. We nineteen we met, twenty we kinda dated, twenty-one we got married when we were twenty-one years old. Found a little apartment and started my new chapter in life as a wife and a homemaker. We had been married a year and my husband and I was invited to a Sunday school. This is where I come to know the Pentecostal way by his little sister. It was a contest. She was four years old. And we said, sure, we'll go. We attended together that morning. And it was all so new to me. The praying, the worshiping, raising of hands, talking in tongues. I did not understand that. Never heard that in my life. So I turned to my husband. It was his mom who was, she's very bold and loud. And I turned That's my mom. <laughs> she was right in front of us. And I, I tapped him. I said, what in the world is she doing? He said, I'll tell you later. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> so uh, I didn't understand any of this. This was the first time I had ever been around apostolic Pentecostal people or a service. And very different from what I was used to. That night, my husband gave his heart back to God. He went to church. I didn't go. I said, no way. I'm not going. He went. I just thought he'd come home. But when he came home, he was a different person than I had married. He set, his, set God first in his life. And I watched him. I even tried to make him stop going to church. That was the wild part in me. I would say all kinds of things like, don't go. Oh, you like those people more than me, whatever. And it was just, uh, he had been brought up that way. And uh, when he met me, he had just, you know, kind of walked away in his teenage years. And he could tell you some really good stories about how God kept him from the evil life of this world. And uh, someday he, you know, you come up, ask him, he'll tell you. And so anyway, he came home as a different person, and I fought him for him many, many times. And then I got where I watched him. I studied him. I tried to make him get mad at me. He would never waver from the truth. He never, he kept going to church. He'd go to church and I'd stay home. Some nights I would go with him. And I, I studied him. I studied other people. And what I heard, I thought, this is real. There's something real about this life. And deep down, I never let him know it, but I wanted it too. It was real. I seen the man I married turn in one night's time to a different person. And I thought I could get him to waver, 
some way, just walk away, come back to me the way he was, but he didn't, and I'm so thankful he didn't, so thankful. And I watched his life, and, and, I, and I wanted it to, so it took another year for me to come in. I was 22 years old, gave my heart to God. I was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And we both at that time got so involved in the church work together. Whatever they needed, we were there for them. At the age of 30, we adopted a little girl at the age of four days old. This was an answered prayer for me and a blessing. I then worked at the church as church secretary. I took my little girl with me because I never wanted to leave her with a babysitter. I'd, I'd prayed for 10 years for that little girl, and I was going to make her my special little girl. And I would never want to leave her with anybody. I hardly even left her with our parents. And when she started school, I I quit the church and began to work in the Maryville school system. So I would be off when she was off and our schedule was the same, you know, during the summer she was off. So I was off. So that's how I did in my thirties. So uh, I guess that's the end of the question. Okay. Go ahead. I, well, at 20, I say this red face. I was not serving the Lord. I was raised in church all my life. During my teen years, I wandered away. And I'm sorry, and I, I'm not sorry, because I always want to be soft in front of God and what he did for me. I never want to forget that. Yeah. I never want to be ashamed of that. Yeah. Even though I wandered away, he never wandered away from me. God literally guided me during those years and into my Boilermaker career. That's a whole different testimony there. And most of all, he kept me safe right. from Satan's pitfalls. He right. kept me safe. And the time I was 25, I was married and was back in church and I was trying to establish myself in my career and in the work of God. At 30, she said we adopted our daughter and uh, we was on our second home by that time. God's blessed us. We've had several homes throughout the years. Uh, and God granted me favor in my career. And I just like to stop and say this just for a second. In my career, you did not advance up the ladder by what you knew. You advanced up the ladder by who you knew. The, I'm telling you, and I know we feel the Holy Ghost just to, to reaffirm this. It, it wasn't by knowledge, it's by who you knew. And I just want you young men and young ladies to know this. When I chose to serve God, I, I could take you to the exact spot right now where Satan had me. Now, you can, you can say, well, this is too far out, but this is true. Satan literally was trying to beat me up. And he's saying, Randy, you'll never have another good job. Randy, you'll never go anywhere in your career. Randy, it will not happen. And I purposed in my heart that day. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was going to serve God. And you're going to ask my wife this. And you can feel this uh, witness in the Holy Ghost. I never took one drink with the guys. I never listened to none of their jokes or, or been was with them. But my wife would tell you over and over and over again who got the cause for good jobs, who got called to go here and go there. No, was it my knowledge? No, it was because I took a stand for the Holy Ghost. 
I said, Lord, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was young, but all I knew was the God that saved me, it will be the God that will keep me. And the God that will save saves you, he will keep you throughout your years. Don't sell yourself out to the world. You don't have to believe that lie. You can make it because God, there's nothing impossible with God. Nothing impossible, God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. By the time we was 30, I was, in, we was deeply involved in a local church. I was appointed Sunday school director, uh, worked in outreach and bus ministry on Saturdays. During that five-year span, my wife and I embraced a scripture. I don't know if any of you are married here or, or close, whatever, but get a hold of the word of God. Get a hold of a scripture, something that will keep you all your life. And God laid this on our heart together, Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Randy, no, seek ye first me and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. That one verse set the course for our life. One verse set the course for our life. All right. How do you uh, pursue wisdom now? <laughs> I pursue wisdom by reflecting on my past life. I know for a fact I've been involved in ministry for many, many years, in fact, decades. And at one time, I had to teach things by faith. It's in the word of God. I had to believe it by faith. But now I'm on this side. I know what God can do. I know what God can do in our lives as people, as couples, as a church body. I know God still heals. I know God still delivers. I know God can give you direction in your life at any time we will seek that life. So I pursue wisdom by reflecting on my past life, knowing what God did for me yesterday, he'll do for me the same today. And if he tarries, he'll do it for me tomorrow. Because he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pursue wisdom today by looking to God first to start my day. I have learned you never know what a day will hold. And I just want to know I'm holding his hand. And he will always be there for me yes. at any need I need. Yes. Thank you. So you kind of gave some examples there, but when we said that wisdom is a combination of experience and knowledge, if you look back on your life, what is one specific experience that taught you so much that over the years you've gone back to? On June of 1967, my dad passed away. My mother became a widow that day with four children at home. She was young, four children at home. Two of them were sick with juvenile diabetes. I watched my mom accept her lot in life. She was not overwhelmed with self-pity or ever felt sorry for herself. She thought of her family, her children. As a young teenage girl, I saw in real time how a person could survive and live during difficult and misfortune times when you 
rely on God. God is our main, main thing in, in, in our life, God. That's why I said before that that's the first thing I do when I wake up. I thank the Lord for another day, and I want him in my life that day, that hour. As soon as I take my feet out of the bed, I want him right there with me. I don't want to go a day without him. I rely on him for my strength and a refuge. Amen. What life experience taught me, this happened to me when I was a very young man. It's strange, but God can use anything to teach you uh, his will and can teach you his ways. When I was a young man, one of my best friend's mother passed away. And I was asked to be a pallbearer. The funeral director gave us instructions and lined us up. Now, I was placed in the front of the casket and on the side that would guide the casket around the plot. Now, well, as I guided the casket around the plot, I forgot that the green carpet covered the grave. And I fell in a hole. <laughs> I fell in the grave. Now I know it's humorous now, but it wasn't then. It was not. It was not. The casket dropped. I caught myself on the edge. Now the other pallbearers, the other pallbearers had to hold up the casket, hold up the body in the casket, and as I tried to hold my pull myself up on the casket. Now I thought about that. Many, many times throughout my life. Many times. <laughs> many times. I've learned one thing from that experience. I learned to pay attention. <laughs> pay attention. And I learned this. One mistake can have devastating consequences. Devastating consequences. And especially in leadership. Know your path. Know your path. Pay attention to the small details. Always remember, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And our enemy is continually, continually, even at our age, digging pitfalls for me to fall in. And he camouflages them. He camouflages them. I thought about that. That green carpet was there. Satan has tried to have me fall into pitfalls, and he's camouflaged them. Yeah. But as we keep our eyes on the Lord, he helps guide us. But I realized this one thing. As those people on that casket helped me out of the hole, throughout the years, I have stumbled. We do make mistakes. But it's the body of Christ, even though they was carrying their own weight, even though they had their own situations, but they uh, took time to help me back up on my feet. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. In fact, turn to someone right now and say thank you. Just thank you to someone right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you'll never know when you need your brother or sister. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine.
All right, that kind of leads us into the next question. Uh, tell us about a time that you were humbled by a bad decision and <laughs> what you learned. <laughs> Another story. <laughs> I'm glad God has patience with this old man. I am so thankful. I am so thankful. Many years ago, a good Christian friend of mine wanted to start a business. Now, this man's had success in other businesses. He started other ventures, and he is well-to-do. So I was kind of excited when he asked me to uh, go in partners with him in a new business. And, of course, I jumped right out. I said, yes. Now, I did a little bit of Bible searching. Now, we were not un un unequally yoked. He was apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled person successful and I thought man here I am I'm gonna be on my way to fame and fortune now did I pray about it probably <laughs> probably but I can honestly say I don't remember I don't so we had to come up with our half to uh, and it was money it's money it wasn't just sweat equity it was money and I think I even borrowed against our house and I'm sorry I did I think I even borrowed against our house to come up with this half of for our down payment to start this venture well after of course you tell people about it you tell people hey I'm gonna become a businessman this is what we're doing on and on and on now sometime later two or three years later the business folded bankruptcy now not here, us. no not us <laughs> the business the business and what kind of humbled me with it all i'm in the one who teaches financial classes <laughs> i am the one that teaches financial classes and i and i i guess it's well i guess it's true i followed joshua in joshua the 19th chapter and 14th verse when he did not ask counsel of god concerning the given nights he said well yeah it's going to happen it, it, everything's fine so I fault myself for not asking counsel of God and also for not doing my homework. Not doing my homework. I should have done more research on a product. I shouldn't have been blinded by fleshly greed. I should not have been blinded. I should have done my homework. And maybe even set up a couple of trial balloons to do something on my own. But my major lesson that I learned was this learning experience that Everything is not God's fault. Everything's not God's fault. If I would have listened, done what I was supposed to do, pray, say, man, maybe I'll do a little, and now I should have put some legs on that prayer. Put some legs on that prayer. Hey, let's, let's research this product before I start laying out money. But sometimes you get blinded in life. So I've learned one thing. In doubt, stop. In doubt, stop. God will. God does not speak to me in an audible voice. You can probably count on one hand in all the 50 plus years I've served the Lord how many times he's, he has spoken to me in an audible voice. But you know inside of there. You know inside. You know inside when it said go forward or stop. And, if you're, and I wasn't in tune and I, I fought no one else, but things happened. But thank God he's merciful. Yeah. And, and if, you've, if you've ever fallen, if you're fallen, if you've made a mistake, get up. Get up. Do it again. Try it again.
Let me need to Okay, I th I th I did think a hard time on this one, but then something came to mind. I can remember, and now girls, I was not in church, so don't and don't do this. But I'm going to tell you, don't do it. I I was back in the '60s, and uh, my girlfriend and I were going to streak my hair. I had almost black hair. Do you believe it? <laughs> and do you know what that means, streaking your hair? Okay. Well, back in those days, you had to put on a, a, a shower cap with holes in it, and you would pull your hair through, and you would streak your hair. And I wanted those blonde streaks through my hair. Well, you let it set for a while. You take it off. You wash your hair, and you dry it. And mine come out orange. <laughs> and I was so scared for my mom and dad.